0: With us. So we're in Colossians chapter 1 this morning, Colossians chapter 1 you've been with us through the month of November, I just want to kind of do a walk through. Uh, we've learned in, Col- in Colossians chapter 4, we talked about that Jesus restores us. The month of November is talking about what Jesus has done for us. In a world that's crazy, that's going nuts around us, we can get sidetracked and distracted, but we must always come back to the basics. And the question we are asking ourselves in the month of November is this, what has Jesus done for us? We learned Jesus restores us. Are you glad that Jesus restores us? Number two, two week, uh, last week we talked about this idea that Jesus opens our eyes. We talked about that story in Luke 24 where the two disciples of Jesus left the tomb discouraged and saddened. But it, was, it wasn't until that they came to the realization of who they were talking to, which was Jesus, that their minds changed and they realized that Jesus opened their eyes to the truth. And this morning our title is this, Jesus Forgives Us. See, these are truths that probably some of us know. But I want us to, again, be encouraged by these truths because, again, in a world that's changing around us, we have to understand who this Jesus is that we worship, who we serve, and who we say is the answer to all our problems. We need to be reminded of these things. Jesus restores us. He opens our eyes. And we're going to talk about today He forgives us. Remember uh, a couple weeks back we talked about the bot dots, those reflectors along the road that keep you in the lane, the ones that when you're texting when you shouldn't be, teenagers, hopefully not, they hit that put you back on the road, or the husband that's fallen asleep at the wheel and their wife doesn't wake you up. Right, and you, it gets you back. Paul was putting the bot dots down to stay in the lane. If you remember, also in the in the Church of of, of, of Colossae, there were three particular teachings, false teachings that were infiltrating the church. All right, there was Jewish legalism, this idea that works plus Jesus equals salvation. That's not a good formula, is it? because there's nothing we can do it was legalism works plus salvation equals Jesus that was false teaching then we had Gnostic mysticism this idea that knowledge was everything and God created Jesus as a deity just a bunch of wacky beliefs but again this was a a belief that was infiltrating the church and many Christians were starting to follow and then lastly was this idea of re- religious asceticism this idea that you would put aside certain pleasures of life To add to your that you were showing how well you were saved and how good you were doing with God. We understand salvation is what? Through Christ alone. Through Christ alone. So it appears we understand the book of Colossians that the Christians there were saying that, or the the, the teachings that were coming into the church were saying Christ isn't enough. Christ is not enough, because there's some kind of untapped mystery, there, there's some kind of hidden knowledge that's necessary for us to claim to understand salvation. Aren't you glad that Jesus is enough? And he was enough for salvation. When I say the word rescue, you probably have some kind of emotion uh, maybe in your heart when you, when you watch a rescue happen on television, or you hear about a rescue that happened at the beach. Maybe you were an individual who was saved and rescued from a body of water, maybe in a pool, maybe in the ocean. Maybe you were rescued from a burning building, and the story behind that is just amazing. Or maybe you were lost in the woods. It really was your backyard, but you didn't know it, but no. You were lost in the woods, and someone rescued you. I want you to keep that word rescue in your mind for a moment. My brother, back in 1993, got a, an award through, the, uh, through Lancaster City uh, because he rescued a five-year-old boy from the Conestoga Creek in Lancaster. Creek, creek, whatever you're from, that's what I, how I say it. He was driving through Lancaster. And there's a, if you've ever been to Lancaster, you've at some point crossed the Conestoga Creek. At some point, it's very, very narrow. And at some point, it's as wide as this sanctuary. So he was driving his car and from my grandparents to my our house. It was about 10-minute drive. And at some point, the Conestoga Creek and this road parallels with each other. So he's driving. He's looking out to the distance. And he's seen a struggle out in this creek. So he quick pull alongside the road, jumped out of his car, and went. And here's this five-year-old boy struggling in the creek with his grandfather face down into the water and what they've come to find out unfortunately this grandfather was fishing with his grandson collapsed into the water died of a heart attack but my brother went in grabbed the boy pulled him back on the ground and saved and saved him so he received this accommodation he rescued this boy who was in unbelievable he was in dire straits he was in harm's way I want us to look at Colossians 1, we'll look at verses 11 through 14. We, as humanity, as creations of God, because of our sin, we were in that same situation in our sin. Let's let's look at verse 11. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified, you I want you to underline that, we're going to come back and talk to that word, talk about that word, qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints of light. He has delivered us, circle the word delivered, delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us. We're going to look at that word transferred here as well. Transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. See, the language here is very, very clear. So think of the word rescue. You'll see the word here on the screen. Rescue. Rescue happened the moment that, that conflict at the cross, Satan And victorious Jesus, hanging on the cross, bearing the sin of humanity, past, present, and future, on the cross. And Jesus redeemed us. He rescued us. He delivered us his substitutionary death on the cross by satisfying the wrath of God that we would not have to take the place and bear what is our deserving place. Jesus took that for us. He rescued us. That was the moment of our rescue. you glad for that? We were all flailing in the water of sin trying to get a breath. But Jesus came down. And he grabbed us. And he rescued us. You remember the day that happened for you? Remember the day that happened for you. Let's look at the word qualified. The text there says Give thanks to the Father who has qualified you. That word qualified there in the Greek means to make sufficient, to make adequate. See, being qualified, we are partakers of the inheritance. God has provided an inheritance through his death, burial, and resurrection. We have the birthright of the children of God. It is reserved for us in heaven. See, to be partakers of the inheritance, that means that we as as his children have an eternal portion of the riches of salvation. See, that verb here used means that God enabled man. He qualified man. He made man sufficient and acceptable. Be in position in Christ. You think about it. What do you qualify for? May might qualify for a loan, right? I know when Judy and I were first married, we um, went to qualify to buy a house and, and, and we didn't qualify. Mom didn't want to co-sign for it. I don't know what the problem I was, you know. And, you know so, so just left us hanging, right? So we did not qualify. We'll blame it on Marlon. We'll blame it on Marlon, Jen. We, we my, my parents didn't need to do, do it either. They were like, you, you're on your own. You get your own house, right? We didn't qualify. We didn't meet the standard. And none of us meet the standard to stand before a holy God. But Jesus here says, he has qualified you. He delivered us from danger. He now broke all the standards and said, listen, I know, here's what you need to stand before God. I qualify you because of what I did on the cross. Let's look at verse 13. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. I want to look at those, those, those words there, delivered, rescued us from danger. Again, the, the, the question is, it's very serious danger. It's death-worthy danger. You are going to be in trouble if you stay in this, 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 this region or this area. I'm talking about our sin. Look at domain of darkness. See, Jesus rescued us. There's two ways that he rescued us. He rescued us first from the control of sin. Do you understand that we that know Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior do not need to be controlled by sin anymore? Do you understand? We have that power. Look at that word domain of, those words domain of darkness. It means a state of control. See, we are immediately, from the moment that we are conceived into this world, we're operated by the domain of darkness. David said in Psalms 51.5, Surely I was sinful from birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. From the moment we were conceived, we entered the domain of darkness. That's who we are. That's the depravity of who we are. We are sinners. You see Elizabeth holding that little cute little baby raven, right? Look, she's so innocent. She's a sinner. She's a sinner. She's a sinner. Wrote him all right? He, he's a preacher, brother. Yes, she's a sinner. We have to understand when we were conceived in this when we were bronze this world, we were under the domain of darkness. We were under the control of darkness. See, this idea Rick, Rick Mellick says it this way, this theologian, he says it that this idea of being under the control means that Satan had the right to rule in our lives. Understand that. Before Christ, that is who the power of this world is. It is Satan. He, the domain of darkness. So many of us here lived in the domain of darkness for many, many years before Christ saved you us. Comp- you did a lot, a lot of bad things. You were involved with a lot of different Areas of sin in your life. I use the illustration. You know, and you don't like to to, to think about it. This is a picture of my dad um, back in the 70s. Um, yes, IQ, that's me as a, as a, as a, little, as a little kid um, um, My dad came back from Vietnam, was a Marine um, Got involved with the drugs, drinking, music And so his, his, when I was a toddler, his life was He got off work at 11 p.m. and he wouldn't come home to 5 a.m. Because he was out partying, drugging, music All of the whole lifestyle, I many of you understand what that is And so as he got saved, God changed his life I mean, God, he never went back, he was boom, saved And his life was never the same okay so as growing up my, my brother and I would tease him Yeah, that's a picture Dad looked like Jesus you know you know all the all the things as, as kids we would joke to my dad about and maybe some of the things that you know he w- would have done in, in, in passing and so my dad would quick change the subject and move on to something else and we said dad you know we're just messing with you. you know we're just we're just teasing you right? he goes I know I know he goes but here's the thing guys he says that time in my life he goes, I was under the domain of darkness. And I don't want to remember that. Even in a teasing sense. Because I know you guys, are, I know, you're, I know you're just you're joking. But you have to understand from my perspective. You know, when I hear certain things and hear certain types of music in the world, it takes me back to seeing the immorality that I see. And I can't get it out of my mind. I want to focus on. When Christ saved me, and how I was saved from all that. And many, some of you here, have that story. We don't want to look back when we were under the domain of darkness, do we? That's not something we brag about because that's when we remember that Satan had control of our life. It's very ironic when you talk to someone who maybe lives in a a, a sinful lifestyle and they say, you know, this coming to Jesus stuff. Because I, I I want to be free. I don't want to follow a bunch of rules and regulations, but in reality, it's very ironic that they are in slavery themselves. They are in slavery of sin. And you can only experience true freedom because it's not about following a bunch of rules and regulations. It's being free from the shackles that the domain of darkness has on us. I'd like to look at just a few verses this morning besides our text in Colossians. Ephesians chapter 2, 1 and 2 says this. Paul's telling the Christians there, he says, and you were dead, I love the past tense there, you were dead in the trespasses and sin, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power, again, the prince of the power, you put there, that's Satan, the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. See, when we walked the path of sin, when we were were in our trespasses, We are following, we are participating in disobedience to God. We understand that. This is who we were before Christ. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 3 and 4. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded, again, that's Satan, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Who's doing the blinding here? Satan. I like what Martin Lloyd-Jones says here in his commentary, Love So Amazing. He says this, Had you realize all this? If you were not a Christian, if you are not a Christian, there's only one reason for it. Prepare this text. The devil will not let you believe. He is blinding you, confusing you with this supposed cleverness, which the moment you realize, analyze it, it's nothing but hallowness. That is why people are not Christians, not because they have not great minds, they can't comprehend it, but it's that the God of the world hath blinded the minds of them that they don't believe. But you know what's good news? Jesus is stronger than Satan. And many of us, we were blinded. The veil, the, the darkness was in front of us and Satan would not let us. But when God calls us to himself, there's not one power in this whole universe that can stop the change, the gospel change, as Rotemire was talking about. Not one power can stop God's gospel power in our lives. Amen? Aren't you glad? And think, think about it. Think about it. I want you to think about it. that moment you came to Christ, and think of the change that happened. God broke through your heart of stone. He broke through that veil and put you on the path of righteousness. I like Romans 6, 16 through 17. It says this. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey? Either of sin, which leads to death, or of disobedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you, who were once slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. We're all slaves to something. Those individuals that say, Oh, well, I, want, I I want, I just want to be free. I want to live my life." You, you are a slave. You are a slave. Not only did Christ rescue us on his divine rescue mission, he rescued us from the control of sin, but secondly, we see that he rescued us from the condition of darkness. That, That word there in the Greek, dominion, means active authority. Satan had active authority in our lives. We must understand when we hear... Well, that sin, it's, it's not so bad. You know, I'm involved with this. It's, it's not that big of a deal. Understand, any sin is darkness. I, I love what John says in John eight twelve. He says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Understand that any time we see the word darkness in the New Testament, it's not a good thing, is it? It's referring to Sin. Anything opposite of good, holy, just, right, being stable, being peaceful, anything opposite of that is instability and it's sin. Plain and simple. The illustration connects back to the Philippines. When we were in the Philippines back in 2009, John Fogle took us to Corregidor Island. Malinta Tunnel. Um, you'll see a picture of that here. Malinta Tunnel um, was a tunnel. It's a it's a tadpole island that's in the Manila Bay, and prote- it was to protect the Philippines from the, the attacks from Jap- the, the the Japanese army. Of course, we know General MacArthur was very heavy in his his uh, influence, and this was a a, a, a mountain that literally had a thousand bed hospitals, the hospital beds in this mountain, offices. Everything bunkers, I mean, this was amazing to see this, so as we walked through here, we went down through some little tunnels, we were down, I guess I was kind of in the basement of a tunnel i don 't know we were underneath the tunnel, which was a little freaky, so we had our headlamps on, and we, the, 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 our guide said, "Okay, turn your lights off, so we did I am going to tell you pitch dark like I have never ever experienced pitch dark, and then the guide said. Oh, my light broke. <laughs> you better be messed with me because that was scaring me to death. I would have run right into a brick wall, but I was at least trying to get out of there. See, that's the darkness in which we lived in before Christ. If You can't just have a little bit of darkness. Darkness is darkness. It's, it, it, it's sin. But you know what's even inter- more interesting about this rescue mission that God took us? He brought us out of the control of sin. He brought us out of the darkness, but he did it for individuals that don't even love him. What does Romans 3 say? No one, there's no one who does good. There's not even one. There's, we, we didn't want to be with God. We didn't like God. Look at Hebrews 2, 14 through 15. It says this, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise took partook of the same things. And through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. In this text, the the the, the, the intimidators of Colossae were trying to make these young believers, these new Christians, think that they still were lacking something. Even though they had Christ, they had something salvation, they were still being, hey listen there's still something more to add to our salvation and we say to that, no there's not there is not, Jesus mission was accomplished, it was finished at the cross for all there's nothing more to be added, he rescued us from the control of sin we don't need to be controlled by sin we shouldn't be controlled by sin anymore, when we submit ourselves to God each and every day we don't need to live in the realm of darkness anymore when we have the power of Christ within us. Christian, think about it. Do you understand the reality of being rescued from the grip of sin? I think sometimes we, we grow up in the church, we're in the church, we, we hear message upon message, and we're in our Bible studies, we do this thing, and when Christianity becomes, becomes sometimes apathetic. We sit back and understand what Christ did for us. He forgives us. And we're going to get to that in a moment. Understand the transaction that was made to guarantees our salvation, that guarantees our future home. Understand the transaction. So how did he do this? How did he go about us? What, what did he do when he rescued us? Well, here's what he did. Here's the other word I want you to think about. He transferred us. He transferred us. Now, that word there, it, it's the same meaning as we would understand today. That word transferred means to cause a change of state. Causes change of state. Look at verse 13. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Where did he transfer us to? The kingdom of his son. The kingdom of God. See, this rescue from the realm of darkness, it wasn't just to some obscure place. Well, I'm, gonna st- I'm delivering them, I'm transferring them, but I'm, they're going to be here and I'll, I'll, I'll figure out what I'm going to do with them later. No, what does it say he did? He doesn't put us in some vacuum, he puts us in the kingdom of his son. Understand who we are in Christ? Remember, it goes back. I think Pastor Frank spoke on that a few weeks ago. Who are we in Christ? We are joint heirs. We will rule and reign with him someday in the millennial kingdom. That's who we are. He doesn't just put us in this little corner. It's like, all right, well, okay, yeah, but just, just stay here. Let me figure out what I'm going to do. Let me figure out where I'm going to transfer you to. You, you, you always hate those calls where you're transferred. You know, you're in that, 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 that transfer state. like, transfer this person, this person. God doesn't do that. He says, listen, boom, you are in my kingdom have you ever transferred to a university, a different college, a different school where you take transcripts and you are doing the transferring, but what's great about this particular word and the action that it's, it's telling us is that we do none of the transferring here it is God boom and you're here aren't you glad for that this morning? God does all the work God, God transferred you I like what Curtis Vaughan said here the kingdom of Christ is the sovereign rule of the Lord Christ over human hearts. He now, because of him transferring us, he now has authority in our life. Not Satan. Jesus Christ has the authority in our life. So let me ask you, how is it possible for God to transfer us this way? We're trying to use some human analogy here. I think it's worked for me this week. Okay, so how does this transfer? happen? What did he do? Well, if we've been saved for any amount of time, we, we know what the words are. But we need to remind ourselves of this transaction. He redeemed us and he forgives us. Now, redeeming, let's look at the word Redemption. It's that buying back from the slave market. It's the picture of being, we are put on the slave blocks. In ancient times, slaves were put on the slave, slave blocks, and people would come and buy them and purchase them. What Jesus did for us, this picture of redemption, is he bought us, and he freed us. He bought us with the price and freed us from the bondage of slavery, the bondage of sin. See, Jesus became sin for us. So when that transaction happened, he bought us, he redeemed us, and says, you're free. You're no longer slaves, but you're free. The second word we want to look at is forgiveness, to the forgiveness of sin. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. That word forgiveness there, I don't know about you, I I, I struggle with that word. Not that I don't understand it, but really truly believing it, of what Christ did for us when he forgave us. He just didn't whitewash it where you can kind of still see it. He erased our sin. Right, there's two passages of Scripture I'd love for you to just jot down. They're great great encouragement for me. Psalms 103, 11 and 12 tells us this. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is the steadfast love towards those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west... So far does he remove. That Hebrew word there, remove, means to become far, to become distant. He removes our transgression from us. East, west does not touch. There's a distance. We, it is removed. And I love what the, the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews ten seventeen says this, I will remember their sin and their lawless deeds no more. Now, for those who have been rescued from the domain of darkness... We've been transferred into an active kingdom where Christ is sovereignly ruling in our life. We no longer are slaves. You have been forgiven. Remember the the church of was being taught, this is all that has happened, but you still need to do more. Aren't you glad we don't have to do more? Aren't you glad he forgave? He remembers our sin as far as the east is from the west, west. Look to him. Live in wonder of his glorious person, his glorious work, that he chose us. He called you to be his son and his daughter. Be encouraged. The Lord is all you need. The Lord is all you need. And even through the times that we're going through, all we need is Jesus. That's all we need. No, but you don't understand, Pastor. Nope, all we need is But you don't understand. Nope, all we need is Jesus. Just some quick, as we close this morning, just a couple applicable points I'd like to leave you with. Christians, you know this. You can live free from the power of sin. Write that down. You can leave, live free from the power of sin. Sin does not have to control you. It shouldn't control you with Jesus living in our lives with His Holy Spirit living within us. Number two, you are now a wanted and chosen member of the kingdom of God. You are wanted and you're chosen. We talked about that a few weeks ago. You love being chosen for things, right? You never like being last picked for a kickball team in elementary school. You like being chosen. God, the creator of this universe, the sovereign king has chosen you to be his sons and daughters number three you were bought by God now he can do in your life what he wills and we as his servants we are happy to do what he wants us to do in our lives because of this transaction and lastly you can live free from the penalty and the guilt and the shame of sin we can live free from it understand what forgiveness means Understand what forgiveness is. We, as parents, we, like, understanding, we say forgiveness. Like, if Mason does something wrong, he did something four years ago, guess what? I still remember it, right? I still do, Mason. I remember. I do. I remember that, all right? On our human mind, we, we always, we will always remember that. You know, we forgive him, but, you know, in God's eyes and forgiveness, when you look at this word, he remembers our sin no more blows me away. And we live in such feet and we're burdened down by the guilt and shame over past sins that have been long forgiven. But Satan gets in our mind and he messes with, listen you're nobody. Listen, look, you, look what you just did. How can God forgive you? Have you had that conversation? Has that happened in your mind? We look to these verses and God forgives me. He remembers my sins no more. First John 1.9 We confess our sin. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and we live in the power of Christ and we live for him because God forgives us. We don't have to listen to the condemnation of Satan. So, church, listen. Be encouraged this morning. Jesus forgives you. He forgives me. We can live our lives in victory when we tap into the power of Christ in our life. Will you do that this morning? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for... uh, Our missionaries here visiting, Father, Rotomar and Elizabeth, we thank you for them sharing this morning. Just pray, Father, you would just bless them. Lord, help us as we just finish out this month of things you have done for us. May we be reminded in our Christian walk that, that you restore us, you open our eyes, you forgive us. And next week we're going to learn about that you care for us. You are a great and wonderful and glorious God. And so before we say amen, before the worship band closes, just take a moment in your seats. I just want you just to call out to your Savior and say, God, thank you for forgiving me. Just thank God for his forgiveness. Father, thank you again for all you are and you mean to us. I am so grateful, Father, that we, you took care of everything at the cross. There's nothing that needs to be added. It is finished. Cross, it is done. Thank you for dying for us and for saving us. In your precious name, amen. Let's all stand up and let's sing chorus. Praise the Father, praise the Son.